Welcome back to The Wise Man's Page, the podcast where we read Patrick Rothfuss's The Wise Man's Fear. This is page 632. Chapter 96, The Fire Itself. I woke with something brushing at the edge of my memory. I opened my eyes and saw trees stretched against a twilight sky. There were silken pillows all around me. While a few feet away, Felurian lay, her naked body loosely splayed in sleep. She looked smooth and perfect as a sculpture. She sighed in her sleep. I chided myself for the thought. I knew she was nothing like cold stone. She was warm and supple, the smoothest marble grindstone by comparison. My hand reached out to touch her, but I stopped myself, not wanting to disturb the perfect scene before me. A distant thought began to nag at me, but I brushed it away like an irritating fly. Valerian's lips parted, and she sighed, making a sound like a dove. I remembered the touch of those lips. I ached and forced myself to look away from her soft flower petal mouth. Her closed eyelids were patterned like a butterfly's wings, swept in whirls of deep purple and black with traceries of pale gold that blended to the color of her skin. As her eyes moved gently in sleep, the pattern shifted as if the butterfly fanned its wings. That sight alone was probably worth the price all men must pay for seeing it. I ate her with my eyes, knowing all the songs and stories I had heard were nothing. She is what men dream of. All the places I have been, all the women I have seen, I have met her on equal only once. Something in my mind screamed at me but I was bemused by the motion of her eyes beneath her lids, the shape her mouth made as if she would kiss me even while she slept. I swatted the thought away again, irritated. I was going to go mad or die. The idea finally fought its way through to my conscious mind, and I felt like ending the page. I'm Jordana. Uh, <laughs> I'm Nick. I'm Jeremy. So... Florian's eye stuff sounds like it would be a wicked makeup tutorial. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yes, it would be a really interesting cosplay for several reasons. I say I'm already like pretty pale. Maybe I could maybe I could figure this out. <laughs> I assume that you'll be doing the cosplay only from the neck up. Oh yeah, totally. Are you kidding? I'm not putting I'm not gonna put effort into into becoming a moon lady. <laughs> Especially a naked one. Yeah, that's really the the appeal of that cosplay is that there's very little effort involved from the neck down. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, actually, you could make a lot of effort involved in that you could like, okay, so there's cosplays where like you can uh, make it so that it looks like there's fabric in motion around you, but it's actually still. Ooh. And wouldn't that be cool? That would be cool. That would be cool. You could have like... Um, like carefully placed fabric in motion. Yeah. Also, I have like 
way too much low self-esteem to just like walk around naked so that's definitely not happening <laughs> well that's that's something to work on the the early part of this page is Quoth kind of still in the spell because every time he th- looks at Fleury and he's like oh she's so beautiful she's like a sculpture oh no how could I say she's a sculpture she was she's never as coarse as stone and then he's she's sort of like he fights his way back to kind of consciousness um possibly because he heard the story actually I think that's a an interesting read here is that because he's armed with the knowledge of the story, he knows to uh, to challenge these thoughts and to um, like be 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 conscious that he's in danger, which is an interesting thing to consider, because otherwise he would have just sort of like been totally like, oh, I ate her with my eyes. All the songs and stories I'd heard. Were if, nothing. if I may, he remains much. under her yeah. spell for at least the next few pages He's not out of it, but he is aware because he keeps, we keep getting these like intrusive thoughts from him. Like a distant thought began to nag at me, but I brushed it away. Something in my mind screamed at me, but I was bemused by the motion of her eyes. Like he keeps like almost coming out of it and then getting distracted by her again. And I think that's part of her, her spell, right? Her, her glamour. If you want to use the fancy fairy term, she is just so relentlessly, endlessly captivating and, uh, and horny making, that he has to make a conscious effort of will to think about anything else. And I think it's a great turn of the prose to present it in this way, because Rothfuss doesn't write like I was under her spell and I was thinking things wrong where it's presented entirely impartially, all of these thoughts. And as you say, it's like something in his mind has to scream at him, but he never, or, you know, eventually he kind of gets there, but unless we are paying attention, the readers we, along with Quoth the narrator, are swept along with the spell. He doesn't really register his surroundings in any detail for quite a while. Like, there's trees in a twilight sky, there's silken pillows, but he doesn't, like, spend a lot of time, like, thinking about what those look like or telling us, because all he's really able to focus on is Valyrian. Mm-hmm. I have two notes, and I forgot one of them already, but... Oh, yeah, no, I remember it now. Okay, um... One uh, small quick note is that like there's part of this page that feels like very real to me where he's like he wants to touch her and then he's like no I can't because she's sleeping. I'm like that just that's like me every morning when I turn over and like I'm just like oh like Jeff's so cute and then I'm like oh but I can't wake him up yet because he'll be pissed. <laughs> and like Aww. thinking back to like your the first night you spent with some with someone who you spent a night with it's it it can often be like a mixture of like oh they look you know so wonderful sleeping i don't want to disturb them but also like the kind of awkwardness of like if i wake them up then we like kind of have to talk about what happened last night like some like something about the spell of that evening will be broken for better or worse is that why people do the thing that thing what is that called when you you let the person sleep but you like run away (laughs) there's a word for it but i can't remember what it is uh, I I don't know if I know that for sure. That I feel like sometimes I feel like more often, at least in my experience, eventually you know you do wake up and you you know you have it, and it's usually not doesn't have to be awkward or uncomfortable, but it does. I think there is like that kind of sense, especially if you're like waking up and you're not at home. You know, you've stayed over at their place. Uh, it can be a little like, well, if I get up, then I have to like, I'm like, like, where's their bathroom? Like, am I gonna make myself some coffee? Like, I just don't know what to do. Am I going to wake the roommates up? Does Flurry and have roommates? Unclear. 
Well, I mean, we we'll get into this also, but this remains a an unknown question till the very end. And Quoth eventually even notices like there's food, but he never notices the food getting replenished or any other creatures or servants like around, uh, you know, who who maintains Felurian stuff. Um, she never seems to. Right. They never go looking for food. They never go to the Fay grocery store. Like there is something uh, magical. Yes. The Fay Whole Foods. Uh, Jordana, I feel like you had a second note, right? I did. I did have a second note. And that was um, when he says, I have met her equal only once. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. So who is the other? It begs the question, who is the other equal? I assume because Quoth is, has the hots for Dana that it is Dana. But... That would also be my assumption. But I'm sure that the third member of our triumvirate might have some alternate ideas. Nope. I was pretty much ready to say it's probably Dana. All right. Uh, who knows? You know, maybe we still don't know who the first real lover is. You know, I'm, I'm not convinced that it is Dena yet. I'm not. Maybe we haven't actually met this character yet. I, we don't really know actually too much about how Frame Narrator Quoth feels about present day Dena. So you know, who knows? Maybe Dena's a red herring all along. But I'm I'm inclined to think it is uh, likely. It is likely Dena, and I think that we are meant to take away from this particular passage uh, either that even in the throes of the spell, Quoth is still like aware that there is someone that he loves. Uh, as much or you know equal to in this case Fulurian even though he like can't bring her to mind he still knows like of all the women I have seen I have met her equal even though he doesn't go and it was Denna or we are we are we can take that this is uh narrator Quoth speaking back and saying since then I've only met her equal once yeah that's how I take it I think the clue there is in the grammar because he says I have met her equal only once and we know that this part of the story is being told by narrator Quoth if he was speaking about himself as he was then, I think he would say, I had met her equal only once. Mm. Mm. Oh, shit. That actually brings to mind something that I wanted to talk about on the previous page and didn't, which is that once he's kind of chasing Fulurian, he slips from speaking in the past tense to speaking in the present tense. He says, it was it was the way a child runs, light and quick, without the least fear falling. And then a couple of lines later, I dimly remember trees, the smell blah, blah, blah. She laughs. She dodges, which really puts you immediately. And then he goes, I have hold of her. Her hands are tangled. Like it's the act is, is eternal is, is always the, it's the moment. Also something I wanted to, to talk about on that page and uh, I forgot to, is that picturing Quoth running like a, like a toddler, Mm -hmm. like his arms flailing. Yeah, I think we're meant to picture him looking kind of like graceful and, and like heroic, you know, his coat, his cloak trailing behind him as he runs fearlessly into the forest. But he could also just be like, come here, come here, come here, with his arms out in front of him. Yeah. It's like one of those comparisons. It's like what you feel like you look like versus what you actually look like. Yeah. Well, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Getting back to the grammar point for a second, I think that on the previous page, putting the thing in the present tense, A, makes it more immediate and visceral for the reader. It feels like it's happening right now, but it also suggests that it's in some sense, it's kind of always happening for Quoth as he is now. Like he doesn't just remember it with perfect clarity. He can like call to mind the experience so vividly that it feels like he's still there. Yeah. Is there anything else we wanted to talk about on this page? No. We just have a a letter here. Uh, Speaking of those without equal, this letter is from Curtis who writes, if I may, just a smallish meta note here. 
But I wish to express my feelings that one of the great joys of listening to this podcast over the last many years has been the experience of getting to see Jordana's personality blossom on air. Jeremy and Nick have always been much more unabashed with presenting themselves, and I find their banter extremely fun. But of late, especially, I have noticed that Jordana no longer seems to me anyway as shy and reserved as she once was. I'm sure that she's always been as colorful, vivacious, and even occasionally assertive in personal and comfortable contexts as she now is in the podcast. But it really feels like she has like leveled up in her comfort and willingness to put herself forward in this space, too. I might be misremembering the early days, but it has been and it has been eons beyond count since then, after all. But the difference feels pretty stark to me right now. And I love it. Not to say that her earlier behavior or presence was in any way bad or embarrassing, certainly. It just seems to have been more subdued. But I like this version much, much more. The personal growth is great, and Jordana should feel like she can accomplish anything that she puts her mind to, because I believe that she can. The level of personal courage which those first steps must have required, if I interpret correctly, is astonishing and incredibly respectable. So in short, good for her. I am so happy that she is part of this team. Signed, Curtis. Oh, that's really sweet. I'm going to cry. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't agree more, Jordana. I, I've expressed this in the past, but I, I'm happily happy to express it again that uh, you joining us on this podcast is probably like one of the bravest things I have seen anyone do. It's certainly not in like my comfort zone, for sure. It's more in my comfort zone now. Like now it's, we do this twice a week. Like, I mean, every day. (laughs) 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 Yeah. But especially remembering back to the beginning and your relationship with reading. um, I remember having a conversation with you way back saying like, Hey, look, you know, if, if you don't want to read, if you just want to like be a co-host, but Jeremy and I can, can do the reading. And you said, no, I want to read. I want to be part of the rotation. Yeah. And I'm glad you did. But I, you know, I remember what your relationship with reading was like back in the beginning and, and knowing that um, I know uh, how brave it was to put yourself out there and, and also to like get comfortable taking up a bit more space, I guess. It's been almost five years. Like I've definitely changed as a person in the last five years. Yeah, it's good. It's a good time. It is. Uh, I enjoy being less worried about what other people think. <laughs> That's a good way to be. <laughs> and I, I'm proud of you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Be more like Jordana, listeners. Oh, That's right. Be more like Jordana. Start a podcast with some friends uh, and uh, say whatever you think. Well, I get, I, oh, actually, you know what? This is like a perfect don't not do a thing because you're afraid of it kind of example. You know what? Wise words. Couldn't have said it better myself. Like, yeah. Yeah. Hondo P. People got to put themselves out there. And, and listeners, you can be afraid of something on tomorrow's page. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> the wind.